Welcome to a brand new episode here on Lunch Table Talk, hosted by me, Karan. Today's episode, we're going to recap or basically give a refresh on the conference finals. We're also going to talk about how this podcast came to existence. And then we're going to pivot to some things that are going to be coming soon to the podcast. As well as give our shout outs and thanks to certain people for the inspiration for this podcast. Pull up a chair. You about to have this conversation. Lunch table talk. First and foremost, I'd like to thank everyone who has listened, who's also subscribed, left their comments, and just gave this podcast an opportunity to grow. We'd like to grow some more. That's why on this episode, The Pivot slash Miscellaneous, we're going to talk about how this podcast came into existence. To start with, this actually was going to be a sneaker channel at first. So I must take you back some years to get to where we are at this point. To start with, I must say it had to be around 2020 during COVID. And a good friend of mine suggested that, you know what, you know so much about sneakers. You have a very, very fire sneaker collection. You should do a channel. I kind of like looked at him for a second and said, mm, I don't know. Um, I'll think about it. That was my way of saying, hell no, I'm not doing no sneaker channel. Why would I do that? So we get back to work. And a co-worker of mine, his name is Jason. Shout out to Jason. He said, bro, that's not a bad idea. You should do a sneaker channel. After all. You got a lot of shoes. You got cases. Got a lot of information. And you got stories. So I decided from that point forward to do some research. So I watched a few of the people I like to watch on YouTube. And I realized that, you know what? They have practically a lot of resources. They're very articulate. And I'm subscribed to a lot of them to this day. Still. Still a big fan. So from there, my best friend, shout out to Greg, gave me some more advice. You should see my cousins. You should see what they do. So I took it upon myself and I watched their podcast. And I fell in love with it. So I supported them. And like, yo, this is nice. I think I can do this. So I eventually went to go meet with his cousin. And she gave me some tips. From there, I said, all right. We started to decide what type of way I wanted to present my sneakers. I did a couple of test videos. And to be honest with you, I wasn't comfortable. And it's not to be, not the fact that I wasn't comfortable in speaking or saying, hello, this is such and such. And look at this and look at that. The passion I saw on the camera. But I just, you know. What can I say? 
I am my own worst nightmare. But I kept practicing. I kept trying to be comfortable because the biggest thing is when you're doing something like this, you have to be comfortable in a room where it's just you, a microphone, or a smartphone recording or whatever the devices that you're using. So my honest take was, you know what? I'll come back to this. It's not a big deal at this point for me to do it. And then a while back, I will say, I'm just giving you basically rough cuts right now. But a while back, a good friend of mine, she's doing at least three podcasts. And we're talking. She's telling me about each one. I'm listening to them. And I'm like, well, who produces them? She said, I do. I said, really? I said, what do you use? You don't mind me asking. She showed me, and it was simple. So I sat there for a minute again. I said, hmm, a podcast may be a way to go, because I I listen to several of them. I listen to the Odd Couple. Shout out to them. I also listen to The Bridge, the one with Nas talking about the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. You know, that's to name a few. So I decided to get with a good friend of mine who we used to work together, and he had a a podcast he was doing on on Facebook. He decided to revive it, called The Man Cave. And I would say we did a few episodes, and I caught the bug. I was like, yo, this is dope. But unfortunately, with real life, things happen. I don't blame him. I don't blame myself. If anything, I want to thank him for inspiring me to change and pivot, once again, pivot from doing a sneaker channel to a podcast. So now my idea was, you know, let me just do a rough draft. Let me figure out what my name would be if I did a podcast. What topics would I explore? What would I do? In the end, it comes down to not just creating something, but going forth with the creation. See, sometimes we create things and we never put it out. We just say, you know what? That's too raw. That's too this. That's too that. No one's not going to understand where I'm coming from. Um, People are not going to follow me. You know, do I have the patience to build this up? In the end, sometimes you just have to put it out there and learn from your failures. Success is not guaranteed unless you put in the work. And then what is your what is your degree of success? Right now, I feel like I am successful because there's people who have listened to it. There's people who respond to this podcast. And I once again want to say thank you. Thank you so very much. But the goal now is to evolve. The goal is to build. I have the hunger and I have desire to build even more content on this podcast. See, to me, this is just the beginning. I want to branch out and do more, but it is it's baby steps. You got to have the patience. You got to have the, the, the mental capacity to say every day, I got to come up with something different. I have to be able to do this and do that. So that's how we evolved to this podcast. Now, in the beginning, I will say I've only been doing this for like maybe a month officially. But it's taken me years to get to this point that I'm able to feel comfortable with my voice to talk in front of this microphone and send it out to you. So on that note, I want to thank myself. 
And I just celebrated a milestone birthday. I turned a big four or five on Friday, the 26th. Great day in history, y'all. Just a great day in history. You didn't know. But to get to this point, I had to realize there were three things that I need to make sure I keep in the back of my mind. That is be myself, keep God first, and accept all criticisms that come your way. Long as I do that, I'll be just fine. So with that being said, I once again want to shout out to everyone who's listened and let you know that this is only the beginning. We have more to do. We have more to accomplish. First and foremost, I'd like to give a special shout out to the Denver Nuggets. Congratulations on making the NBA Finals. It's been a hard road for this franchise, and they finally got to the promised land. The Joker has finally showed everybody he may be the best center in the NBA. And I say that because he was going for his third MVP, and it just didn't work out. But the fallout from this Western Conference Finals may be the possibility of cryptic match that LeBron has left. We're not going to talk about that today, but just keep in mind, he has a history of doing this. So don't fall for the okie doke. Bro is not going to retire. I don't think he's going to retire. But once again, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets for sweeping the Los Angeles Lakers. It's a hard thing for me to say because I am a dubious Laker fan. I'm also a Piston fan. So it is very difficult and hard for me to see that the one team that I kind of was going for lose in the conference finals. But now let's switch over to the East and things have gotten pretty damn interesting. Vince McMahon had a quote that said business is damn sure has picked up. After being down two nothing, they bossed the Boston Celtics, excuse me, the Boston Celtics have made a comeback. They went down to Miami and lost game three. And you know what that happens when, you, when you're 3-0. Usually you never come back. So what did these jokers do? No pun intended, uh, Djokovic. But the Boston Celtics turn around and play their best game in game four. Alright, they won game four. Well, the Heat say, you know what, just a bump in the road. You know, we'll go to Boston. No big deal. We won there already. We took the first two games. Wait a minute. These guys are on fire. Turnover. Dang it. Another turnover. Ugh. Vincent not playing? Guess we're going back to South Beach, y'all. So game six, which was last night, Saturday, whenever you're listening to this podcast, it was a great game came down to the wire, came down to the last possession. Jimmy Butler gets fouled in the corner by Al Horford. Replay shows it was a three-point shot. He sinks all three. Miami is up by one. There's a timeout, commercial break from TNT. We come back. They put .9 seconds more on the clock. So from 2.1, it goes to three seconds. Boston inbounds the ball. Marcus Marcus Smart takes the shot. It's a brick. But Derek White sneaks in for the putback. 
it's good. We saw it in the slow, but they didn't have to go to the thing. We knew it was good. So now there's a game seven. I'm for one of shocked that the Miami Heat has let it get to this point. Not because Boston is not talented. I figured they wouldn't get swept. I knew they wouldn't get swept. But the idea that they forced a game seven, do you know how difficult a game seven is to play? All the tendencies, all the the the, the everything. Anything can happen in a game seven. So I must at this time give a shout out to the Boston Celtics as a franchise. They have a mystique about them. I'm not going to say it's luck. We're just going to call that mystique. Outside of Area 51, the Bermuda Triangle, the Boston Celtics have some mystic powers around them people. I don't know what it is, but we've seen some strange things that involve this franchise over the years and decades. After last night, I'm going to say that was probably the worst feeling if you were a fan and hoping that a team would win and had to win, had the win in their hands. One possession. You got the shot that you wanted. All you had to do was box out and grab the rebound. Game over. I called my cousin immediately and I said, you know, this is probably the second worst thing, if not the number one worst thing. No, I think I told him it was the, it was the number one worst thing since 87 with Isaiah Thomas in the past. Yeah, Derek White snuck in and got the tip in. How did that happen? Shot goes up. Everybody should be hitting the offensive, should be hitting the offensive defensive boards to grab that rebound. I mean everybody. But they couldn't. He got it. He put it back in. So now we're going back to Beantown for a game seven. And oh, this ain't the first time this didn't happen. This didn't happen three other times. This has happened three other times. The 1951 NBA Finals, the New York Knicks trailed 3-0 to the Rochester Royals. The 94 Western Conference Semifinals, the Denver Nuggets trailed the Utah Jazz 0-3. And in 2013, I mean 2003, excuse me, in 2003, the Portland Trailblazers trailed 0-3 to Dallas. But guess what? All three of those teams I just mentioned never won game seven so there's been 150 something games where there was a game seven particularly where it was almost like a 0-3 situation and no team has ever pulled it off let's get something straight people there's a difference between making history and being history the boston celtics were history they were either going to get swept at some point they were going to get eliminated but now they're on the verge of making history. And there's something to be said about making history for this. We've seen other anomalous stats fall. Like, I never thought we'd see a 16 seed beat a 1 seed in the NCAA tournament. Check, that's happened. Never thought in the NBA Finals we would see a team down 3-1 come back and win the series. Well, that's a check, too, because that happened in 2016 with LeBron and the Cavs. We never thought we'd see an eight seed be the first seed in the NBA playoffs in a five-game series. That's happened. Check that off. And it's happened in a seven-game series. Check that off as well. 
So right now it, it doesn't, some of these things don't really matter as long as you're playing very well. We've seen it in other sports such as baseball where a team was down three, nothing and came back to win the whole series. You may say, ah, that's a little bit of luck. No, the pitchers was hitting right. No, they were down 0-3 and literally came back and won that series. If you don't remember, I believe it was a 2004 uh, Knicks, no, Boston Red Sox, and they came back and won against the New York Yankees. And that was like one of the weirdest things that you've ever seen. You can check it out. Let me know if that's accurate or not. I'm kind of like my phone is charging at the moment. I can't really do research and look that up. But these phenomenons do happen. But there are things that have to fall into place. If you look at the 2016 finals when that happened with LeBron, the Warriors had just took the OKC Thunder down and they were up three games to one. So these things are possible. But there are things that have to happen in order for these things to occur. So game seven is going to be Monday night. As my old supervisor used to say, man, I hope we get a game this holiday season. Shout out to you, Harold White. We got a game for Monday night. And I'm going to say, I believe the pressure is on both squads. Some people will say it's more on Boston, it's more on Miami. It's on both sides. Think about this for a second. Do you want to be the first team to let another team come back and win four straight? Do you know how deflating that would be for your franchise? I know some of us will have short-term memories until that moment comes back up, but I'm pretty much sure Virginia, every so often, doesn't want to hear how they was the number one seed in the NCAA tournament and got upset by number 16. The team escapes me at the moment, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. Miami will recover if they lose on Monday night. But the question is, if Boston's win this game seven, do they have to go forth and win the chip? In my opinion, that they have to, to make this mean something. You just can't come back and make history and then in the next round get swept or lose to Denver. And that's kind of disrespectful a little bit because Denver has earned their right to be in the NBA Finals. The scary thought is, is that the Boston Celtics still can lose this series but we're still going to talk about how they won three consecutive games in a row to even force a game seven. Either way it go, they're going to win. Their coach won't get fired. Hell, they might even attract somebody else to come onto the squad to help them push them over the top. But I do believe this is their year to win because you just don't know what's going to happen now. When the finals is over and concluded, everyone's going to be trying to get better. This is your time now. The sad thing is, I don't know what Miami can do to win Game 7. They played a very good Game 6, and it really came down to free throws. Came down to the last possession, you want the ball in your best player's hand, which was Jimmy Butler. So now let's focus on what to look for in Game 7. After all, the Celtics didn't shoot that well from 3 in Game 6, so do we expect them to just shoot lights out? Or do we expect the Miami Heat to come in with their own pace, set the tone, and Jimmy Butler just goes nuts and become Jimmy M.F. Butler again? This is how I would like to see Game 7 in, but I don't know if it will. I would like the game to be tight going into 
the fourth quarter with five minutes to go with Jason Tatum versus Jimmy Butler. Just like it used to be back in the 90s where you see Jordan versus whoever. Whether it was Jordan versus the whole bad boy Pistons with everything on the line. Bird versus Magic in the closing minutes of the NBA Finals in the 80s. Memorial Day has a very significant moment for NBA Conference Final games. Two come to my mind. There's more, but these two stand out the most. 91, where the Chicago Bulls swept the Pistons, literally dismantling them, as well as ending an era, not just of the bad boys, but of the 80s. Because the Pistons were the last of that era. And 95, where the Orlando Magic and the Indiana Pacers played. And the last 20 seconds was arguably one of the best I've ever seen. Brian Shaw hits a three. Orlando's leading. Next possession, Indiana. Reggie Miller hits a three. Now they're back ahead. Orlando gets the ball. Penny Hardaway makes that move. He hits a three. Orlando's back ahead. Shaq's not in the game because he fouled out. So Tree Rollins is in. Rick Smith does a punk fake, which everyone on the bench said, don't go for the punk fake. He's going to punk fake. Then he's got time for a punk fake. And what happened? They go for the punk fake. And Indiana wins the game. Arguably one of the best 20 seconds I've ever seen in conference finals history. So on Monday night, when we watched the Celtics and the Heat play, play one last time of this season, everything is on the line. History is on the line. What will they do? I just pray it's not a blowout. Please don't give us a blowout. This has been probably the best drama in the conference final I've seen in a very long time. Even last year it went seven. So we shouldn't expect it nothing less. But when you see a team go up three nothing, you figure, oh, it's over. They're history. Now the same team that was history is on the brink of making history. Coming up with titles for this podcast, I said, what do I want to talk about? I didn't want to just talk about one particular thing. So far, all you've seen on this show, the episodes that have been published are basically about sports, about basketball. I've tried recording about personal things or things that would show personal growth, and I didn't feel comfortable at the time so that's why I went with the sports but the purpose of naming it lunch table talk was remembering how back in school during that period of time when we ate our lunch we talked about everything we ate um, we had conversations about music we had conversations about girls we had conversations about you know what's going on in the world homework We, we basically talked about everything at the lunch table it was the only time we could actually have a real conversation without being bothered by the adults, a.k.a. the teachers. And as you progress in, throughout the school year and from elementary to middle to high school and beyond, you know, people still have these conversations even to this day. Maybe not in person, but they do it on social media. So with Lunch Table Talk, I want to be able to have a wide open discussion on various topics. Now, some topics may not be for you. 
and that's fine. But those that are within your window, I want to make sure that if you saw the label or the title or the series that I've created, that you know what, that's for me. I'm gonna listen to that. So to make sure that I get this message out to the people that really need to hear it, I've decided to create some series. Now, just because you see the series don't mean that the next episode is going to be the same one within that series. Just know when you see the series title and what the number is, that's the one where we'll be talking about that particular topic, that particular episode. So, so far I've come up with four. And the first one I want to unveil to you is my moments in sneaker history. Now, it's not a secret, but if you didn't know, I'm what most people would say is a sneaker head or sneaker enthusiast. I do have a lot of sneakers. Um, there are people who have more sneakers than I do that I know besides the people that I follow on YouTube. But I figured this would be a great opportunity to tell stories about some of the sneakers in my collection, as well as talk to other people who have an incredible sneaker collection. What drives them to continue to go buy even more sneakers? What do you do you run out of room for the sneakers? Do you still got the original box or did you switch to containers like I did? And the reason why you switched to containers. Is it difficult to manage having several pair of the same sneakers or you know what? In a few years, they're coming back out with that sneaker. Do you want that version of it? Do you say, yeah, I'm past because I already got that. Those discussions we will have with those like-minded sneaker people. The next series I want to unveil is called Goat Conversations or Goat Talk. We'll still fix the title of that. But that's basically going to be about players that, in my opinion, have reached the goat suite. See, we always have this talk like there has to be a one of one. There only can be one. And we all, if we ask around a room of 10 people, we might get two names, especially when it comes to basketball. And that would be LeBron or MJ. The first episode on Lunch Table Talk talked about goats and sneakers. And I told a particular person that I wanted to expand on that. I wanted to go more in detail about that. I wanted to talk about that person's career. Why do I think they're the GOAT? What did they do to get to that type of status? There are a few players that are still playing right now that deserve to be entered into the GOAT suite. And in my opinion, there is a suite, or you could say a land, where there's a whole bunch of goats, and they're all eating grass. One in particular, he's eating the golden grass. I still think that's MJ. But this is a conversation that needs to be had of all those people who deserve to be in the promised land of the goats or the suite of the goats, that's still going to get ironed out. That might be a limited series, but we want to have that conversation. And we don't want to just limit it to players. We're also going to talk about certain teams. We're going to talk about certain teams that reached a pinnacle, potentially had a dynasty, but they didn't call it a dynasty, like the Spurs. They were winners in the 2000s, but they were overshadowed by the Lakers. Shaq and Kobe and the fact that they didn't go back to back that's just an example or you can look at the 90s and you can say well what if Phoenix would have beaten Chicago would they have been considered a dynasty 
why Charles Barkley gets hated on for not having a ring but had a fabulous career. Those are the things we will talk about, at least in that series. The next series is called The Wonder Years. Our Wonder Years. And of course, if you watch television in the early 90s, there was a TV show called The Wonder Years, which they remake today with a black family that's in the South. The premise of the show is basically a guy re-evaluating his life as an adolescent. Basically a voiceover of what he did, how he became a man. Similar to like, why do I hate Chris? So with this, it's going to be basically looking at how things have changed since we were kids in the 90s. And if you remember the 90s, there were things that were totally different. You know, we had pagers. Today we got smartphones. Television was not HD in the 90s. It is HD now. Back then, TV shows re-ran over the summer. Now there's new, constantly new programming all the time. And then there's tech. Like what they've done with cars. There's no more payphones. Cash app is everywhere. So we'll get into that conversation with the our wonder years. The next and final one I want to also install is called Mars versus Venus. Men are represented by Mars. Venus are represented by the ladies. And this is basically all relationship topics. Things that we probably want to know like what to do on the first date when what does what relationship goals are you setting when is it time to walk away when is it time when cheating is not an option those are just a few titles that we've been messing around with and playing with but the one thing i want to get across to you today on this episode is that not only will those come they're going to come but there's going to be a roundtable discussion. You're not just going to hear my voice. You're going to hear real people giving their honest answers, their philosophy, their opinions on these subjects. And I know it's difficult to maybe put your head around it, but just remember, when you were a kid, when you sat at the lunch table, y'all didn't just talk about one particular thing. You talked about several things within a certain amount of time. And that's what we want to do on here. We don't want to confuse anybody, but at the same time, we just want to put it out there to say, hey, there's more to life than just sports. And oh yeah, sports will still be a main focus on Lunch Table Talk. College football is around the corner. I got a good friend who loves college football. I believe he eats, sleep, and crap college football. So he'll be on here. And oh yeah, the NFL is around the corner as well. Got a couple friends who love that. Do you play fantasy football? We'll talk about that as well. The one thing about this show is that we will we will always try to create content to not only entertain you, but also give you something to think about. So in conclusion, we've talked about how this podcast became into existence. We also covered the conference finals. Good luck to both Boston and Miami. There will be a winner. 
we are we are the winners. There are no losers in this. So good luck to both teams. Hope to have a great game on Monday night. We also talked about what will be coming onto Lunch Table Talk. And I hope that you guys will be very well participants in that as well. Give me back your feedback. I also want to take this time to thank everyone who's listened, who's given me comments once again, feedback, whether it was on the show or through my phone or through email or whatever. I like to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And those who want to be on the show, you will be on the show. So in conclusion, follow your passions. Live out your dreams. Never look back. Always look forward. I'm Karan. This has been Lunch Table Talk. I'll see y'all again. Take care. Peace.